0: city it's your man big pat the voice of your charlotte hornets and you're listening to the all hornets podcast network presented by sports illustrated it's only a kick a jump a block it's only a serve it's only a tackle a run! It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products like venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation and HyperVolt massage guns to improve mobility loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code move at hyperrice.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Welcome to another episode of the Swarm Report. I'm James Plowright, and I'm going to be going solo on this episode to give you, bring you a bit of the latest news, really, from the Greensboro Swarm and what we've seen in the, the last month or two action. And I just finished watching the game last night, uh, which was a 1-3-3, one win over the Windy City Bulls. And the Greensboro Swarm right now are on a four-game winning streak. Uh, they're playing well right now. And this is probably like one of the better stretches Greensboro Swarm basketball has had in a little while, if I'm being honest. The the Greensboro Swarm traditionally in the G League standings, not that many people pay attention, but they've not been that great in in recent years. And they got off to a terrible start to the regular season, um, kind of after the showcase event, but have been playing much better basketball here as of lately. And that has kind of also coincided with uh, some more of the main rostered Hornets players being available. And... For majority of the regular season, I think you have guys like um, Kai Jones has been available, James Bucknight has been available a lot of the time. um, And I think that's definitely helped the Swarm this year. I mean, if you just look, Buck, I think has played 11 games. Um, We've got Kai Jones down here at 10. And these are the the regular season games from this year. So it's been been interesting to get an extended look at some of these guys. And we're going to touch on probably Bucknight, Kai Jones, maladon i also want to touch on kobe simmons and uh xavier sneed as well who've he, also been playing well i'm Jalen crutcher so there's a few guys we're going to touch on but we're going to focus most of the time for the hornets players um let's start with james bucknight because he has not been part of the rotation in charlotte now for what seems like all the way back to november he's not barely seen the floor and he is now basically a full-time G League player for this season. It's, it seems how it's going to go, and this is major trades at the deadline. brass McGowan's is clearly ahead of him in the pecking order. Um, but what have we seen from James Bucknight this year in the G League, well, uh, firstly, so far he's averaging seventeen points, four and a half rebounds, two assists, two and a half turnovers. That's in eleven games with the Swarm and twenty-four minutes per game. Some of those have been off the bench. He's not obviously playing playing twenty-four minutes per game. So he's been a. He's kind of been a. A high-volume scorer when he has been on the court, but looking at the shooting percentages, he's shooting 40% from the field, which is less than ideal, but he's shooting 40% from three. So he's he's almost shooting, he's only 0.03 better from the two-point like overall field goal percentage than he is his actual overall three-point percentage. So that just goes to show how much he struggled to score inside the arc on pull-ups, floaters, finishing around the rim. Um, I was looking at some of the stats compared to last year. And last year in the G League, uh, Buck was looking at 45% from the field, 33% from three. But he was up at four and a half turnovers, whereas this year he's down to two and a half. So it definitely feels like the staff have dialed back Buck's volume. He's playing more catch and shoot. I definitely noticed in the Windy City Bulls game last night, he's not dancing with the ball as much. There used to be a lot of kind of like one on five guys' possessions with Buck Knight. And that's happening less and less. He is playing more of a kind of a role player style while still being pretty high volume. But he is now kind of looking at more catch and shoots. I think he was five or 10 from three-point range last night against the Bulls. And they were all basically catch and shoots or relocate threes. Um, and the shot looked really pure. And he didn't come out of college as like a, an outside sniper. But look, if he's making real progress with a shot, maybe that's how he adapts his game, his natural game that he played at UConn has not worked this far in the NBA. And I don't know if it ever will, that exact style. So him maybe trying to find a way to be uh, a little bit more of a, just a kind of more of a shooter and less of a put the ball on the deck, try and beat a man and scorer. That might be the best way now for Buck to try and kind of find a, a role, find some areas of strengths going forward. His usage is also way down as well. So it's not just, uh, is he shooting less, but he's down from, I think five and a half assists last year to 2.3. So, they're not having him handle the ball as much. He's playing more of an off ball role. Um, and like at times it does feel that unless he's getting a catch and shoot above the arc, he's not really moving all that much. You know, he does come off some stagger screens, um, but he's definitely not kind of excelling in like a cutting role or is, is kind of really putting the defense, I don't think under stress with his dribble because he's just really struggled to to score efficiently. I think there was a, a couple of plays at the rim. There was one where he did a really nice job. It was almost his first two-point shot. He drove straight into two bigs, initiated the contact and seeked out the contact, which is good. That's what you want to see from Buck because normally he's fading away. He's jumping a step too early to kind of put up an off-bounce floater. But then after, as the game went on, there was more of that kind of like early jump fade, not wanting to draw contact. And I think he was... Uh, I don't even know in the end, like one of six, I think from two point range and a couple of those are pretty ugly. So there is definitely growth as a floor spacer. I think we've seen that he is buying into a different role as a, an off ball player, but the efficiency I still don't think is still there for him to be kind of like earning minutes with the big club up in Charlotte. Yeah. I don't think we've quite seen that defensively. I think he's been better, better than last year. He's been, a little bit more, more alert. Um, I have to say last year, his kind of like off-ball awareness and motor was was really poor. So even though it's been better, I still don't think it's been good, but it has been an improvement. There was one possession last night where he literally just, he turned the ball over, he put his head down and he was jogging back. And when I say jogging, that's kind. It was like a fast walk, really. And the other team just inbounded the ball, threw it over his head, straight to his man, who just had a wide open three, who hit it. And those are the kind of plays that like in a Steve Clifford coach team, he's just not going to deal with those kind of mistakes. You're just going to get benched. You do that once in a week and that will influence the coach's motivation to play. So if Buck wants to play, like he could just can't take those possessions off. He had a couple of really nice possessions, a big block and transition. He kind of did well when matched up against some bigger guys, uh, kind of like showed good defensive motor and awareness. So he had some nice possessions in there, but it just wasn't consistent. And I think that's what the staff want to see from, from Buck Knight. He he isn't going to be a massive plus offensive player. He's not going to be this three-way scoring threat we maybe thought when he came in. So he's got to be able to hold us enough defensively that when he's like, if he's a 40% three-point shooter, which I think is probably a little extreme, but if he's a good shooter, he needs to be able to defend at a well enough level in the NBA. So that's that's areas for Buck for him to focus on. Um, just very quickly, I'm going to touch on Kobe Simmons because Kobe Simmons has been with the Swarm now for a few years and just continues to like play really well year in year out. And um, he's averaging 17 points this year, four rebounds, four assists. He basically puts up the same stat line every year, but he's just like a big, quick, athletic, versatile scoring guard, is what I would describe him as. And it really wouldn't surprise me if he got an opportunity at some point. Like he does some things really well and. I'll be honest, like at times this year you tune in and Kobe Simmons and Jalen Crutcher look like the best players on the floor. And that's when the likes of James Bucknight, when the likes of Kai Jones are down on the Swarm. Um, they are still, I think, like the the life, the heartbeat of this team, the Greens' Swarm team. Um, and it's clear that he's very well liked. I think on our other Swarm Report podcast where we had Jalen Sims, Anthony Derugia on, they both said Kobe was one of the funniest guys on the team. So um I just want to give a quick shout out to Kobe Simmons because he's just like consistent. He turns up every single night. He plays good defense. Um He is kind of knows when he has to put the team on his shoulders, like late, late shot clock situations, but also he doesn't become the Kobe Simmons show. He makes sure to get, especially the guys like McGowan's Kai, Tao, James Knight, He gets them involved as well when they're down. So he, he's malleable. He changes his role and, I think when you're a role player, that's what you want to see. So shout out to Kobe Simmons. Um, We're going to just stop for a quick break. And then after that, we're going to come back and we're going to talk Kai Jones, Janine Crutcher, and Xavier Sneed, and Taylor Malladon as well. Okay, coming next. Kai Jones um, had an interesting game last night. Uh, Had only two field goal attempts, played only 22 minutes, was in foul trouble most of the night. He finished with six points, five rebounds, and one block. I think it's fair to say that Kai, at least from the stats perspective, has taken a step back this year in the G League, which is a little surprising. Last season, he was putting up 18 points per game, 11 rebounds, 2.2 blocks, 1.3 steals, which you look at that, I think, for a rookie, a project rookie, hey, that's that's pretty good. But looking at just this G League regular season – Kai is now down to he's 15 points, so his scoring's dropped a little bit. Um, he's basically not taking threes, so he's taking half like 0.6 threes per game. Whereas last year he was able to take three threes a game. He only hit 29% of them, but he was like at least getting the opportunity. They've now completely changed his role. They want him to focus in Greensboro to play exactly how he would play in Charlotte. So that is screening, rolling, rebounding. And that is pretty much. All he really does. He doesn't get any opportunities to try his post-ups. He got one last night in the Windy City Bulls game. He got one. up. He was calling for the ball all night on mismatches in the post and the team didn't give it to him. He finally got one and it was a shot clock violation. And you can imagine all the players there are going, Kai, that's that's why we're not feeding you in the post. Now, I can hear everyone saying, yeah, but how is he ever supposed to learn if he doesn't get the opportunity? And to that, I, I actually do understand and I agree. Um I would like to. I think that the coaching staff have very much gone from Kai. We want you to play exactly how you play in Charlotte. We want you to play the same way in Greensboro. We don't want you exploring the studio space in terms of seeing, you know, how your pull up shot looks or how you can do, look, putting the ball on the floor. I want to find a middle ground. I'm not saying he should be able to freelance and just go out there and play a style in Greensboro that is never translatable to the NBA. But I don't see what the problem is here when teams leave him wide open at the top of the arc to let him take a th- one three a game, you know, to once or twice a game. Yeah, let's go to kind of mismatch. Let's let him put the ball on the floor and like a fake dribble handoff. And he seems to be quite restricted in what he's currently allowed to do. Um, and And like, if you look at what made Kai Jones special when he was coming up the draft, it was that he could... Was like a really good switch defender at someone his size. His elite athleticism. He showed like dribble, pull-up, and shooting potential. Uh his drawbacks were he's not that strong. He's not like the biggest to play center, and he doesn't have like good processing speed. But the problem is now by like, they've turned Kai into like a Nick Richards, Mark Williams type big and the style he plays. And for me, like Kai is just never gonna excel at that. Because the whole sell of Kai was that he was supposed to be this like versatile shot making, like had some like offensive self creation repertoire for him, elite athlete. And he's now being basically told not to do those things and to focus on the big man things. And I just think these guys who've played basketball since the age of 11 and have grown up through the college system, you know, the Nick Richards, the, the Mark Williams, I, I never see Kai Jones being better than any of those guys at doing just the big man stuff. And if you take away that other stuff from Kai for me, then he just stops being special. So I have to say, I'm a little bit disappointed with not disappointed. It's just not how I would do it, I guess. And it's not as fun to watch because you don't get to kind of see some of the, the offensive growth that maybe you'd be hoping to see now by like three quarters away through year two. But just to go back to stats this season, 15 points, eight rebounds, Um, 2.2 blocks. The blocks have stayed the same, but basically his rebounding and scoring is down as are kind of like his minutes. He's playing like four minutes less per game. So it's probably a similar-ish production, but with way less volume in terms of shot attempts. He's still not really getting to the free throw line uh, at all. I think it's 1.6 attempts per game, which is uh, even down from last year. So there's a little bit of frustration there with Kaya, and the foul trouble is being a persistent issue. Um, I mean, he was in foul trouble all of last night. Um, I think by he's, he's trying to get more challenges on the rim. That's definitely one thing I've noticed, but I I still think he could be more active, especially in the pick and roll. There was a couple of possessions and I clicked this on my Twitter profile. For those of you seen it, well, like Kai switches onto the guard and there was about four possessions in a row where, um, I can't remember the guy's name now, a civic Wheeler, his name is, he used to play for the swarm. Um, It was the big for Windy City Bulls. And he set a screen. Kai would then go on to like corral the guard to give chance for the the point guard for the swarm to recover. And there was literally four possessions in a row where Windy City just ended up with a layup to the big because the the ball handler, when like Kai was corralling him and shifting onto him to give time, he was just like in fifth gear, just like easily fifth gear, third gear, I should say, like just not even having to to rev, was really comfortable, wasn't put under any pressure. And he just waited for the big, for Wheeler to cut down the lane. And he was finding with a bounce pass, with a pass over the top. And I, I just think Kai has to be a little bit more aggressive with his hands. Like he has to put doubt into the ball handler's mind. He needs to shade a little bit. He needs to put some high active hands. He needs to, um, you know, when the guy comes off the initial screen, kind of maybe jump out a little bit to try and, take away some of the airspace, make him pick up his dribble. Um, he just needs to play that like that gap defense just a little bit better because at the minute there were just too many easy looks right at the rim for, for that to be doing. And, uh, you know, he is a good switch defender, um, but he's not being as aggressive on these kind of like semi-drops. He's not legit switching on to people. He's just trying to keep them there. But I, I like it when he switches because when Kai switches, you see him, he gets really low. His hands are really active. He pickpocketed a few people when he got NBA minutes earlier in the season. Um, so I, I want to see this team try and switch a little bit more with Kai and not play the same style. But you then look at the style of Charlotte and it's not a great five switching scheme. It's not something that happens. So I like. I have to say, I, I do wonder if this system and staff is like the best environment for to get the best out of Kai because of the playing style, because of the lack of switching, uh, because of Uh, What they're asking, what they want their bigs to do, which is pretty limited. And I think I began to see some frustration in the way Kai was playing last night. And like, I don't think that's what he grew up doing, playing basketball. It's just setting screens. And I think he does need to improve in it because it's true. His screening is not good. It is definitely an area of growth. And he needs to learn how to be effective when he's not going to be featured. Because right now, He's not good enough to be a featured offensive player, really. Um, but there is still some just doubt here that it's going to maybe, for the first time I'm expressing this doubt, that it's maybe going to work out in Charlotte for Kai because I think what he sees his role uh, being could maybe be different to what the staff is. Um, I hope I'm wrong. Um, I, I still like Kai long-term and I just I just preach patience. As long as Kai is like patient for this, I think it's great because... The areas the staff are getting to work on, he does need to improve. But I do think there is a happier medium to find somewhere in the middle. Um, Okay, let's move on Uh to Teo Maladon. Um, he barely got any playing time before the GD regular season started. But now with a swarm, he's averaging 18 points, uh, seven rebounds per game, five assists. Um, He's shooting 45% from the floor, 34% from three. So pretty like solid numbers, really. Um, Like Teo has played in the G League a lot uh, with OKC Blue. He's already proven that he's a good level. He had a triple double in one of his first games down with the Swarm, so he's been perfectly good. I have to say, like he didn't pop up the page in the Windy City Bulls game. Um, Now that was definitely was not his best games by any means, Um, but you know he only played thirty minutes and there was it was a bit of a rough stretch and there's some foul trouble, but. I will say, like, he doesn't pop off the floor. Like, you look at someone like Jalen Crutcher, you look at uh, Kobe Simmons, who I already mentioned, like, Jalen Crutcher this year is averaging 15 points, uh, four assists, two rebounds. i probably not, he's nowhere near the defender that Tao is. But, like, when you watch the film, like, those guys almost pop off just as much as Teo does. Um, but he, Tao's just a much better two-way player, and he's more experienced than those players. And he's just got uh, much better size, at least, compared to Crutcher. Um, so I think Maladon has been fine, you know, good, but not spectacular. I still think he's like a third guard caliber NBA player to kind of be that like basically what he's doing now plays when someone gets injured, a point guard. And I think he will be able to do that. He's still pretty young. He's got a really nice feel for the game. Um, so I, I don't know if he'll be here long-term. I think he might've earned his way onto a proper NBA contract. I doubt he'll want to be back in Charlotte on a two way next year. Whether they want to bring him back as that third point guard will probably depend how things look with the deadline, if, if Terry's is still on this roster or not. Uh, last shout I just want to give to Xavier Sneed, who had a career-high 30 points last night. And for the year, he's he's only averaging 12 points per game, right? 12 points, five rebounds, two assists, uh, a steal, half a block. But had a great game last night. He's had some injuries that he's had to deal with, but he's begun to get healthier now. And he's really not shot the ball well this year. He's down at 31%. But he is a better shooter than that. He shoots quite a high volume uh, of threes. And he's, he's pure 3-D, is Xavier Sneed. Um, and he got a call-up to a 10 day in Memphis last year. Um, he didn't really get to play that much. But came back to Greece was form this season. And his scoring's definitely been down, but he's kind of bought into a different role. And uh, I just, yeah, the Windeseed Bulls game, they, they probably don't win that game if he didn't go for his 30-piece. And he had some massive shots down the stretch. So I just want to give a quick shout to Xavier Sneed because he's always Mr. Reliable. I remember I had someone who worked at the Hornets organization tell me, when Xavier Sneed came through the pre-draft workout in Charlotte, I literally had, I mean, and I'll be honest, I'd never heard of Xavier Sneed before this. This guy messaged me being like, this guy is just like a dog. I love him. He's my favorite draft prospect who's come through this year. Not in terms of quality player, but just, you know, personality, approach, everything like that. And when he came back to that first Summer League roster, it wasn't a shock after I heard some of the reviews. And, you know, now he's been back in Greensboro now for the last couple of years. So uh, I would just want to give a, a quick shout out to Xavier Sneed. But overall, I'm not going to keep us too much longer here. Um, they've been a, a pretty good watch recently, the Greensboro Swarm. And especially in a time when the Charlotte it can be tough watching, I do encourage you to tune in some games. So on this four-game winning streak, they're currently 12th in the conference out of 15, which I know isn't great. Uh, sounds somewhat familiar, but they are now only, you know, three, four games back from kind of being up towards the playoff area. So if, if they keep Kai, Buck, Teo down there assigned for the rest of the year, this Green Swarm co- Club could go on a, a bit of a run here. And um, I have to say like the, the, it's a kind of a funky team because there's a lot of guards who like to shoot threes. So Kobe Simmons, Jalen Crutcher, Xavier Seed, it's a, there's a lot of three point shots going up and there's not a lot of guys you like putting the ball on the floor and driving inside and kind of finishing at the rim. So it's uh it's an interesting team, but it's definitely the funnest greens for swarm team that I've seen play this year. Uh, sorry, this year for, since they've essentially been accepted, incepted. Uh, yeah. They just play a, a fun up and down high paced three point approach game, which, uh, I've enjoyed watching here. So that's kind of a little check-in. Buck, Kai, Teo, a couple of the better players from the Swarm to keep an eye on. Uh, we'll be back on here, I don't know when, in two or three weeks. And we'll check in, see how uh, the the Hornets guys have been getting on in Greensboro and see if the Swarm can can keep this winning streak going. So I appreciate you guys for listening. And let's bring on Thursday's trade deadline.